Right, folks, welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Common Sense with me, Mike Omni. It's a, it's going to be a good one today, although the backdrop is a lot of breaking news, death-related. Um, of course, we just heard about Prince Philip's death. He's died at the age of 99. Buckingham Palace have announced. They've also announced that folks shouldn't leave flowers because of coronavirus. Coronavirus, let's not forget, that's still on the rampage. Um, and I, I, I had mixed feelings about this. Of course, I'm sad because someone died, but, uh, you know, but let, in fact, let's, let's just pay tribute first. Boris Johnson was first to pay, well, one of the first to pay tribute. He said that Prince Philip inspired the lives of countless young people. It's true. I actually was meant to do the Duke of Edinburgh award. I am a bit salty because I was kicked off it because apparently I was a danger to health and safety. <laughs> Because when we went out in the woods, um, I just wasn't. I was a bit. I was, like, I, was, I was a bit of a crazy kid. So, um, so I got kicked off it. But I still recognize how good it is. And I think for a lot of people, they remember him for that. They remember him. Unfortunately, part of his legacy are also gaffes or numerous things he said about people from other races that, let's just say, weren't too tactful. Uh, the Archbishop of, of Canterbury paid, uh, paid paid tribute as well, as did the Prince of Wales, uh, as did many leaders around the world. Now, there are conversations being had, of course, about the kind of funeral he's going to have. He's declined to have a state funeral. And so uh, just Saturday, so a few, uh, a few days ago, um, we're going to see a 41-gun salute uh, take place in London, in Edinburgh, in Cardiff, in Belfast, and in Gib- and in Gibraltar as well. So, so we'll wait to see that. Now, slight aside, right? I was thinking, how long will it take the mainstream media to connect this to Harry and Meghan? Now, I thought it would take three hours. I was wrong. It took two hours for the Daily Mail to tweet out how Prince Philip's life. Uh, in, in you know was marred by Harry and I thought oh, boring, not interested. So so that story's there. Of course, we had a uh, uh, famous rapper and icon DMX die too. Folks, if you want to follow these stories, you can head over to TCS Network on UK because you know they're, they're big stories and I want to give them proper time. But we're also going to be talking with someone today who, who I want to get onto really quickly because it's going to be a really interesting conversation. And he's a poet. Uh, an author, a podcaster, um, and just all-round people's champion. It's hard to to to, to introduce people like the, this because they do so many different things. So you can't just say he's a writer because he's not. That's just like a tiny bit of, of of who he is. But why don't we hear from Nigo True, who is my guest today, brother? How do you do? I'm good. I'm good. And yourself? I'm great, man. Listen, I said there, it's hard to know how to introduce people. Like, how do you introduce when you're at a dinner party and people go, What do you do? What do you, what do you um, say? If I'm, if I'm honest, I just picked the most relevant craft. So, like, when I was, um, when I first started, because, um, like, as well as spoken word, obviously, I make music, I, I write, whatever. So, I always remember, like, for instance, if I'd be like around an, an older generation or et cetera, et cetera, I was very aware that if I said spoken word or author, it brought about more respect than if I said I rap. Um, <laughs> whereas when I'm around my friends, it says, it's, if I'm transparent, it's, I'm, I'm a fraud. It just depends on where I am. That's what I was. That's what I, was. <laughs> I, I, I actually resonate with that because I, I, I'm somewhat similar. When folks go, it's it's actually the older I get, the more annoying it gets. Because when you're young, it's kind of 
it's cool to do lots of different things. Folks yeah. are kind of impressed by it. They're like, you're only 17? Yeah. And yeah, you do all these. When you get older, people kind of like, pick one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so have you felt that pressure? And, how, and, 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 and how, I know we're getting deep so quickly. Like, okay. <laughs> like how do you balance your life? Now, have you felt yeah. that pressure? And how do you navigate it? I think it's going to sound strange, but I think the, the blessed thing for me is, like, I, I, I kind of, do at least all right in, in just about everything I'm I'm involved in but I'm I'm very aware that like there's certain there's certain perceptive uh, expiry dates for certain things if that makes sense like there's a certain time frame that if you haven't reached a certain level there's a perception that um you should throw it all away and I'm I, I, if I'm transparent I was thinking about this the other day I'm quite lucky that the streaming era came in mm. because I guess growing up it was like you know there can only be one person at the top or maybe five and now we're in a life where i guess there's hundreds of kids out there making probably not the best but decent money from um from their craft if they do anything music related and then it then trickles into like uh, books etc so for instance being an author I don't need to be under a publication. I can do independent. I, I do attribute part of that to the streaming era in general because people have become, you know, as they call it, the microwave generation. And and it sort of makes things more accessible and it means you can sort of build a career off of, you know, how you want to do things. So I'm, I've kind of, been, I kind of got like, you know, got lucky. Um, yeah. But yeah, I feel the pressure. I do. No, we, we, we're, we're all very lucky. I, I think about this frequently about how, I I don't think, and I and I'm a Christian, so I think kind of God predestined this, right? But I don't think I could live in any other time than now. Oh, you're, you're a Calvinist. I am, sir. Um, oh, but, but, but 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 I only use that term because it's helpful uh, in academic settings to, for discussion. I don't. I'm not. A, I don't have a poster. And for folks who are listening, wondering what that is, it's just a. It's just a a loose grouping, if you like. Uh, uh, of of some of some of some Christians, but like I said, you know, I don't see myself, or I can't see myself living in any other period of history other than now, because I am truly a millennial in terms of digital, being digital savvy, streams of income online, all that kind of stuff. Right? I can't imagine. But you know, one thing you said that's so interesting to me, and I was reading about this. I forgot. I think it was an article. I don't remember by who, and it was just only last week about this kind of the pressure right now being you know in this millennial, millennial generation for one of a better term to turn everything we do into a kind of stream of income and 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 to kind of say so let's say you're a rapper and you know it's you're 29 and perhaps it's not where you thought it will be the notion that you have to drop it and never do it again because it's not making money it's kind of like hold on well why can't you just have a hobby what what happened to hobbies just things you did you enjoyed and you went home yeah i have a, I have a friend named caleb right and he he gen he he does he does nothing creative, right? And he genuinely gets frustrated when people are like, say he does something and they're like, oh, you should turn that into a, a career or whatever. Partly also because you know he he earns good money doing doing what he does already, but also because in his head he he embodies as a friend, he's the friend that I would say more than any of my friends embodies the word freedom. So he's not <laughs> someone that and and you gotta remember once you sort of um once you turn these things into uh, money makers, of course the money is great, but you're now a worker. Um, as much as you're self-employed, you're now a worker for the consumer. And that could impact your creative. It, it, it could turn it from your hobby to like, for instance, I'll be transparent. When I first started, 
I was first doing well from um, just being honest. If I'm transparent, just being honest. But part of it was because I didn't think anyone was watching. So to me, it was like, what I'm literally saying is the things I would say in my bedroom if no one was looking. And then it got to a stage where everyone's watching. <laughs> and then now they're basing sort of, they're basing my authenticity on their validation. So now it's like, for instance, uh, um, I said, I remember saying to someone, like I had a line about doing well financially. And I saw a comment on my, on was it my YouTube or link up? One of the two saying, oh, he changed. And I'm thinking, I've been talking about my financial status from the <laughs> beginning. It's just, it's better. Like, <laughs> you want me to just pretend I'm like, no, I'm not there anymore. Like, so yeah, like if, if you do, if there are things you love, there, there's so many things you, I think you should just keep to yourself just for sanity reasons as well, man. Yeah. I, I know folks are probably thinking, Mike, this is not a, a wellness podcast, but oh, yes, it, it, it does apply to everybody. <laughs> it applies to everybody. It applies to everybody. I just, I think, especially young people, there is a there is a incessant pressure to 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 turn everything into into and I guess I don't want to get all Marxist and asked, but it's the capitalist industrialist complex we live in that that takes everything, extrapolates from it, you know, the marketable value and the commodity, and tries to sell it. But there are some things that are just meant to be life given on the side, you know, things that you do that show, you know, allow you to explore a different side of yourself. I mean, you you brought us on to rap. And obviously, uh, I said at the start, a rap legend, DMX. I, I didn't want to say too much about it because I know a fair. You told me he's a hero of yours or legend, rather. You know, what, how do you remember DMX? It's interesting. So I, I, I technically only have sort of like three stages of DMX's life from memory. Like if I was to be asked up front, obviously, if someone triggered other memories, fair. But like um, when I was a kid, 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 I was shown what's that video when he's in the street? I think it's a Rough Riders anthem. Yeah. Okay. And there was like an alternative. So there was the official video, which was like, you know, great cameras and da-da. And there was this really terrible quality video where it's like him, his friend, like they're just all in the streets, like sort of motorbikes around them, da-da-da-da-da. Um, that was the first thing that sort of made me want to do like videos with my friends. Like, because I was watching <laughs> it like, just like raw, you can, you can just take over your road like that. That's crazy. And I remember I went to the high road and I was like, "Yo, you like what? What? We, we, me and my friends would shoot music videos of like other people's songs and that because we didn't obviously make songs. So I had that um, and sort of that energetic music. And then that time when he got saved, um, it was strange but interesting, and sort of it was inspiring for me because. That was round about when I first sort of started learning about Christianity, and yeah, I didn't really grow up with that stuff, so it was like, oh, I'm learning about. It. I looked to the left, and the guy that I was listening to as a kid is also in it, and I was like, oh, right, this is, and it was quite intriguing. And then I guess, sadly, obviously the the alcohol addiction, um, and you know what he what he went through in his latter years, and. That was in it was interesting on two parts because it was like it was sad to see, you know, you see people as almost untouchable, heroic sort of yeah, and then you sort of see them in that that state. But it's also interesting because when he would stop, which he would do in a lot, like he would sort of take his time with things, there seemed to be a lot of wisdom he was able to impart. So yeah, it was just interesting, yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I I can resonate with that because I, I grew up too listening to DMX. I stopped at some stage 
Um, but um, I remember hearing once, so like I have a long history in music. Like I've been playing since I was 13, well, younger even, 11, 12, all sorts of different things. And I remember an uncle telling me super young once, he was like, um, what did he say? He said artistry is is giving, the pe giving people license to watch you grow publicly. And he said that he says that's true artistry. And if I take that, I think DMX, he, he really exemplified that. Like he 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 was so transparent with his life, and he gave us all like the license to watch him literally navigate some ridiculously low moments, yeah, high yeah. moments, mental health wins, losses mistakes i mean even when he went on in yanla um fix my life right and he was oh, trying yeah, to mend yeah. his relationship with his child i'm like we have to understand like public because some people are like oh it was messy it was messy i'm like yeah you could see it through that lens or you can see it through the lens of a lot of people live vicariously through these artists so when you have artists like that who who, who offer up their life to the public and say that you know watch me navigate like the complexities of my life I can't even I can't imagine the millions of people who literally watched him go through these moments and found solace, found healing, you know, watched him pray on Instagram, like all these different things he did. I don't think I don't think we we recognize enough. I mean, now we live in this hyper, you know, everyone's a creator now. Talk about it, how TikTok has literally made everybody like everybody needs to create something. We went from kind of watching each other's live, whatever, to now everyone's trying to market something, sell something, create something. And so people, maybe now people don't really understand the value of it. But DMX was in a time where, you know, celebrities were often very coy with their lives. They would show you a bit and then disappear and then show you a bit. But he was like, see, like watch everything. And, and for me, that's true artistry. So, so that's how I, I I choose to remember him. Um, but yeah, that's that that that's just a, ra a random delve into DMX's uh <laughs> into, into DMX. Question, did you did you did you stop listening to him because of uh, the concept of secular music or just just um probably a mixture of things if, if I'm honest. There was a period where <laughs> And folks, you maybe folks who aren't Christians won't get the reference. But there was a there was a, there was a period when I was in uh, when I was young in, in church, and and um one of the youth pastors came in one day, smiling ear to ear, because he was like, "I got something," and we were like, "Here we go, what is it?" And it's like the truth behind the truth behind Yes. <laughs> so he was like, "Everybody, you have to watch this video." And essentially, what he had found was a video exposing like the Illuminati and all the stuff that happens in hip hop. Because I was young. This was like, to me, I was like, what? I started looking for triangles everywhere. Cereal boxes, music, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> music videos. Like, like, you reverse that song and play it like seven times to the left. That's where you're saying. <laughs> so that, so, so that, that's probably when I, not so much DMX, but everybody, I kind of stopped listening to everybody. But moving on, you, know, you grow up and, and you, you want musicians that talk about your lie. Sorry things you can relate to i guess and so after a while you know i couldn't really relate to him and i've always been a jazz head anyways i was gonna say like folks might be thinking oh you know here's another poet michael speaking to but you're not just any you're just you're not just any poet because not only do you tap into you know stuff again that people can relate to that people go through like you've also been wildly successful i read somewhere that that you've got over 2.5 million views on yeah. youtube that's yeah. ridiculous. 
Yeah, it's kind of alright, isn't it? I didn't even. Think yeah, it's, it. it's 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 decent. I mean, it's it's a lot. Yeah, it's quite cool. Um, yeah, I don't I don't even know how to caveat from that. So, like, <laughs> I think it, like yeah, essentially, with with regards to Minecraft and my career, I've it literally goes back to what you said. Is there an echo? Uh, no, it's it's. I, I can hear you. Okay. Okay. Would that would it be better if I put my headphones on? Because it sounds like there's an echo. that might that might be a bit better. I I know that that sometimes makes things better, but but I can hear you. Okay. Okay. No apologies. I just don't want to ruin the quality because I can hear echo coming back. Ah. Uh-huh. One second. It's okay. It's okay. We like quality. We like excellence. So, you know. It's it's all good, but uh, I was reading, like I said, two point five million views. You you've had a best selling book. I mean, you're 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 not just having a go, are you? Like you're you're generally making impact, and you've got a lot of eyes who are watching what you do. So so, so I guess the question is, just before you jump in, like how do you think about your artistry? Now, now how, how do you navigate all of that? Okay, now I could. Now you're muted. <laughs> so you're you're a mute. You're a mute. You gotta tap the and mute button. I'll be, there you go. Yeah. But but now I think you need to. Ch- yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love how we're we're doing this for live. Uh, you've got to check real, to make sure. You, you've got to check to make sure your audio input is your mic and not your headphones. That would be wild. Uh, yeah. Are we in? Yeah, we in. We in. We good. We good. Superb. Right. So the question, just to get you back in, you're back in the room. How do you think about? How do you navigate your artistry, man? Um. Yeah. I guess it goes back to what you said about DMX. Essentially, like growing up in in. I guess giving people the permission to sort of use your life as a reference point. A lot of my, especially my most popular videos, are probably just my lowest or highest moments just my most extreme moments in that stage of my life and career so i'm i've always said like i i never want to get to the stage where i'm rapping about rapping or writing about writing and that's you know when people sort of make whole songs about how they're better than everyone don't get me wrong that you know that can still be great music but my thing's essentially a diary man I'm, i'm essentially telling people where i've been and how life is and and i i try to give Obviously, the more sort of popular I became, I tried to become give more distance between songs and reality because you know I don't want to be talking about something and then people are discussing with me and I haven't dealt with it. So, mm-hmm. like my last project was uh, about heartbreak, and um, so many people resonated with that. But even that was an accident. Like, <laughs> I think a lot of my career is, if I'm honest, there wasn't even a, it was such accident. I didn't even put a video out for the for the project. I just here here have an album and um it was essentially like i was working on an album thinking i needed to do all the things that my audience wanted me to do but to be transparent i was heartbroken at the same time and i was trying to go for a breakup so every Mm. time i'm going into the booth like i remember that i was sent a a instrumental when the producer was like yeah make the song about money the song ended up being about heartbreak every single song i was making was just about the girl or the situation and by, as by without even turning around, I just noticed, oh, right, I got 13 songs on Heartbreak. Let me just give it to them. And then that ended up being like very, like very successful for myself. And 
Um, and it's quite interesting because the one thing you have to do as a creative is almost not become a slave, for lack of a better term, to um, the consumer. But at the same time, you have to serve them. So by that, what I mean is it sounds so bad to say, but I'm going to be transparent. Your audience don't know what they want. Like they always say they do. And, you know, they want you to make this. They're lying. They're lying to you. Even me as a consumer, I'm a liar. Yeah. I, the, I, I tell you that because if it's if J. Cole came up to me and asked me what he what he should make, I would instruct him about some deep nonsense. Yeah. But my entire day is spent listening to 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 a magazine, like to pop music, to et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We I, the consumer tends to not know what they want until you present it to them in either a very good fashion or very bad. They can only tell you what they don't want. That that's it, and once you've delivered it, so I guess yeah, that's that's how I've sort of done my craft and a lot of my career, whether it be my book, my writing, etc. I'm talking to someone. Mm. So what tends to happen is I've I was raised in an area where I guess you know, you know, like a lot of badness happens and etc. etc. But obviously great things, but just a community based area. And I'll be transparent. My friends, not even myself at a majority stage of my life, are the brightest people. So we need to communicate certain things so i remember even like i i used to make poems about um politics and people would think oh you're trying to help the young people i'm trying to help my friends like mm -hmm. i'm trying to i'm writing this so that they can get a better understanding and picture this and i'm just blessed that it, i guess it translates to more people yeah what one of the things you've written of course is the the jumper you're sporting right now my history is more than slavery who who were who you writing to when you wrote that so this is a book you've you've written is it still available? Can folks still grab it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Still a bestseller. Cool. Still, still. So, <laughs> so far, right. it's done. No doubt. Um, so, so uh, folks can still get it. When you wrote it, who, who, who were you writing to? Um, that's a very good question. Um, I, I give the safe answer and not, and not the truth. But um... no, no, whoa, whoa, whoa! We <laughs> want the truth here. This, you, this, this is that you're in the hot seat. We want the truth. The, the truth is it was written to my future offspring. That's the truth. It was written to my future offspring. So my future child. Um, but also inspired by, I guess what you'd say, lack of knowledge. I'm not, um, I don't get involved in politics on Twitter or debates and whatever, whatever. I, I just watch people being stupid and I laugh and I send it to the group chat. And I make my mistakes in the group chat. Do you know what I'm saying? I always say to my friends, ooh, if I put that out there, because there's many a times a dialogue will come up and I will say something in a group chat. Um, with the I got a True Talks group chat with the, with the boys and the girls, and um, 20 minutes later, someone's getting dragged for literally word for word what I've just thought, and I'm like, oh, okay, rah. Okay, I've learned. I've learned. I've learned. I think more people need the, that group chat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, nice. No, a blessing. But, um, yeah, so I was, it was a time when it's been it's been years in the making and I'd, i guess i'd watch certain things and certain perceptions and being i'm zimbabwean myself so i've always had an interest in my my country's history at first but mm. then it became um i guess as a kid people would always sort of compare your reality to those of you know the, what you may call the more mainstream countries so nigeria ghana um south africa etc <laughs> sorry <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. It, I guess it, it birthed a blessing because the more I'd get, so for instance, you know, the jokes would run, "Ah, oh, you eat fufu," and I'm like, "I, I don't know what that is," or "Ah, oh, you, you, um, 
you wear da 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 or whatever, whatever. And I'm like, I don't know what these things are. Um, because they're not they're not realities in my country. So essentially it sort of opened up my the, the more the jokes came or whatever, it opened up my reality to okay, what are these other cultures? Yeah. Because if I was surrounded by like another few hundreds of barbans, I'd probably be even more ignorant because I was, if you knew what I was like in school, I was walking around with Zimbabwean flag as if to say it was the biggest country in the world <laughs> because of the, the way I was taught about it. In my head, I thought, right, you, lot, you might as well just bow down. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm Zim. But um, it made me study it more. And I guess the more ignorance I'd see about it was the the, the more I'd want to understand it. And it was a car lot. It was actually a car lot. A car lot, mm. I always say people people can... It's it's very important to know when you've been when you've been schooled. It's so important. So in essentially, what used to happen was whenever I'd think of a cool tweet, I'd always think, "Oh, it could be a song title or whatever, whatever." So I, I was about to. It was Black History Month one year. I was about to tweet my history is more than slavery. I was like, "That sounds cold." So I thought, "Let me call a Carla," um, because we'd you know we'd been around each other a few times. Let me call him and get him on a song called "My History Is More Than Slavery." So I called him. And he was like, yeah, man, that sounds like a great idea. He starts ringing off a bunch of things in, in history that I was like, what are you, what are you, what are you talking about? I, d- I had no clue at all, man. This, and I thought I was very well read in, in, I guess, African history. And the more he spoke was the more I was like, this is so important for people to know. And um, uh, he sort of, uh, directed me sort of reading wise and sort of where to study and etc and the more I, I studied was the more I wanted to I guess give that information to the people that needed it and the book itself is addressed to my future son slash daughter uh, apology if I'm am I speaking too much no <laughs> it's a podcast where you're oh. the guest oh, this yeah, is your right. place to share so sir, sir. and um the the it's essentially written to my future son slash daughter um, the, the entire uh, book. So from start to finish, I'm, I've addressed the child as um, Angola, which is uh, it's an Angolan term or word for ruler, but it used to mean king. But after a lady called Nzinga um, took it over and was just punching up the Portuguese and that, um, they were like, cool, we can't just use this for king. This is just for ruler now. So to me, it was a sort of perfect... Um, title rather than name to give because even in the book mm. i say i can't i can't give you the name yet um so i'm gonna title using gola and the the book essentially is is nine chapters one chapter for every month um different topics so you know sort of getting into money and da, 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 give me give my kid advice but within it there's information on our history that mm. they're sort of accidentally learning so for instance if i'm giving them advice on money I'm speaking about sort of um, saving circles and um, I speak about sort of, uh, I guess, resources in South Africa, et cetera, and give these comparisons that you sort of read without um, without breaking a sweat. But by the end of it, you'll be like, oh, wow, I'm, I'm aware that there's diamonds in Zimbabwe. I'm aware of um, how much oil Nigeria contribute to the global yeah. economy. I'm, I'm aware of the dub accidentally almost. And at the end of it, there's a sort of letter from the people that are going to be the the actual sort of um, uncles and aunties. So, like real people, like for instance, you've had Disu on the pod. Disu yeah. has a letter at the end of the money um, chapter with Bola, um, 
or Zariah has a chapter at the end, a letter at the end of the chapter about love or like people that are actually going to be part of my, um, yeah, my, my <laughs> Your kid's life. Their future uncle. That's yeah. a really neat concept, man. I really like that. Um, I mean, I resonate with the with the title. Um, I can tell. I mean, it's it's good that your you, you, you know your friends with, with the Carla or you folks work together because, I mean, he, he has a similar thing you have, which is you know it's that he's such a such a good speaker. You can listen to them speak forever. Literally, you can just sit down and go, and just listen, right? And I think poets <laughs> have that. They have a kind of, you know, that they're, they're good at speaking such that they sometimes well, not all of them, I should say, but most cut the fluff off. So when they speak. They're straight to the point. They're succinct. You know, they're they're they're, they're directional. I, I I like listening to Akala. I I really did. Um, I don't agree on any on everything. Um, same as Dr. Kendi Andrews, who 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 we've had at, at, at an event. Um, again, wonderful contributors, but 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 not not don't don't, don't I don't agree with everything. Let, let, let me actually get to something. I think we may disagree on. Um. Ooh. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's cool. No, it's 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 not. Well, we may actually agree because I, I you know, tw- I was thinking about this morning because because Twitter is 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 such a weird place, right? And I say that not to be those people. Oh, tech is bad. It's not that. It's more so. I remember seeing the the trailer to a, to a, a movie, no, a series on Amazon called Them. Um, and it's and it's this uh, this story essentially of a black family who moved from North Carolina, I believe, into like a white neighborhood, and they all the they, they basically go through lots of pressure and and abuse and stuff like that by virtue of being black. Racism essentially, and people are like, oh my gosh, not another race film. I'm so tired. Let's stop these films about race. Can we just stop this film about kind of you know uh, racism? Blah 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 blah. People started screenshotting the fact that. The director's why and so on and so forth and like we don't want anymore don't anymore like and i kind of thought hold on you don't want anymore but the notion that nobody should have anymore for me it's a bit warped so i get that my history is more than slavery of course it is and we need a, a diversity of films mm. but to say that we should not have any more slavery films quote-unquote films about slavery i should say slavery film sounds weird I, I kind of found that I found I kind of found that a bit hard to agree with because I thought, okay, maybe you're educated and and maybe you you saw twelve years of slavery and that did it for you, yeah. But so are you saying that sixteen year olds have to go through exactly the same process you went through, and they should have nothing that's kind of fitting for their generation because you're tired of seeing them? What do you think about films, slavery films, and stuff like that? My other thing is I, I was kind of hoping we would disagree, but I, I, I don't so far. Um, no. I'm, I'm not, I don't. I, I don't. I think people speak like, for instance, even in my book, My History is More Than Slavery, there were people that came up to me and like, yeah, man, I'm sick of hearing about Martin Luther. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. I didn't. That's not what I meant. Like, it, so, yeah. I, I literally give like an acknowledgement at the very start of the book. Like, these things are very important. I just felt like text wise, there, there wasn't enough relevant. So the information is out there. I just felt there wasn't enough relevant sort of um, ways of people translating these things. So, for instance, you know, if a new genre comes around and someone says they want to make a song about uh, our history, I think you're right. That's that's sick. You know what I'm saying? Translate it because that's how we. That's how generations work. First, it was you know word of mouth. People started writing, people started recording, people started filming, etc., um, etc. Et um, I 
I, I do think people are entitled on social media. I can understand the basis um, because they, I guess they want more balance. But when you go on Netflix, you go on Amazon, you go on uh, YouTube, um, there's quite a lot of different black content, like different. And I'm not saying I'm not saying it matches up with the white counterparts. Um, you know, I definitely hope that there was way more variety. And But I think there's way more than people give credit for. And I think a lot of people base things on um, their own circle. And I, I think that's social media in general. So yeah. they're like, oh, I've only seen the trailers for these slave movies. I haven't seen any black comedies, black love films, black da-da-da-da. And it's like, mm-hmm. that doesn't make it a reality. It's just, you just haven't looked. That's, that's um, literally just your circle. Yeah. And and I, I don't know if it was them, but there was a, uh, a recent movie that came out. I don't want to... I don't want to be wrong, so I'll, I'll research it while we're talking and, and pull it up. But um, I do remember there was there was drama about a show and someone made a tweet that all the writers are white or something like that. And then I, I Googled it. It took me like 10 seconds to Google. And I think it was like 70% of the writers were black. And I was like, how does, how does this happen? Like, why has yeah. this got like a thousand retweets? Like, I don't... Like, the Google wasn't... It wasn't like... I didn't have to write a password. It wasn't no deep. It was like the <laughs> first two links. Do you get what I'm saying? Just got, I was confused. I was like, raw, like, I guess because it sounds striking. Do you know yeah. I think what happens on social media? People have sort of, um, I don't want to say any of them because they'll kill me, but people have sort of taglines or, you know, things that are relevant towards one thing, right? Yeah. Like, um, you know, this should stop happening or this should happen. And they apply it to all. So yeah. um yeah, that's not something we disagree on, but hopefully we find something we do disagree on. Yeah, I I I need to search deeper because because th- th- this one was quite important to me because I think it's it's in keeping what, with what you're saying is that uh I you know your our history, black history is more than slavery, yeah, true, but yeah. people still need to understand what slavery is. I guess right. it's probably it's probably <clears throat> where we're going with this because I, I think about young people, now I've got a younger brother. Yeah. But I think about people even younger than him, 16, you know, 15, 14, whatever it is. And I think the assumption that they're, they, they're just woke and they know everything there is to know is just not true. Um, no, you know, this is uh, kind of an aside, but so there's, there's, uh, there's currently turmoil happening in Northern Ireland. We've had seven consecutive days of, of rioting and, and looting and, and lots of, um, lots of uh, issues there. Over over the border, you know, there's a whole Protestant Catholic divide. We we get the gist. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I was with a younger brother of mine. He's only 21 or 22 or something. And I was telling him, you know, telling him about the riots. And he was like, "It's like I don't know anything about Northern Ireland." Mm. And I was like, "No, come on, Northern Ireland." He's like, "I've n- we never talked about it ever." Facts. And yeah. I thought, "Wow, <laughs> that's facts. It's facts." Um, but Britain does have a history of, um, or England does have a history of not talking about the places it violated. But, um... Literally, like, like just, just there's, a, there's whole black holes in people's. Like, I, I think so I, I worked for the, for the, uh, uh, what do you call it now? I was a UK young ambassador to, to Europe for a few, for like eighteen months, and that's hey, when you haven't done. <laughs> that's when I think I actually learned about the UK. So I was like, oh, this is Scotland's history. Oh, Wales has a whole thing going on. Because when you were young, you literally, I grew up in Southeast London. So in my head, yeah. like Woolwich was the bad, between Woolwich and, and Gillingham was the bandwidth of yeah, my, yeah. England, my knowledge. 
no, this is this is an interesting thing. I was literally writing this morning, literally. Um, I wrote the heritage of Britain is built on perception rather than reflection. And by that, what I meant was a lot of the history that I was taught, I can speak for myself. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. I don't know what other people were getting in school. But all the history I was taught, England was just always the hero. It was to the point that I would question my friends for <laughs> their stances on, on England. Wait, wait, wait. Did you see what they did in... Then I guess the more you read, the more you study, you're like, okay, cool. There were heroic moments, but these men were getting batted up. A massive chunk of their history is robbery and murder. Um, you know, they they celebrate the, the strangest things. They they celebrate they celebrate child traffickers. They got statues of them all around the country. But it's quite interesting because the perception that they give of these things, you'll never you'll never label those things that way. And I think that was even my thinking when I was making the book that it was sort of like um I, I there was an element of my history that I felt um or, or black history that I felt wasn't um taught essentially and the others as I agree with you completely the others are as important um slavery I'll, I'll never I'll never pretend slavery wasn't an important factor or the civil rights movement um but this like <laughs> the rest um, the rest is there as well. So I guess sometimes when people have heard more than the, the the implications or the assumptions behind it is, I'm saying almost better than. Yeah. Uh, when my my thought process behind it is, yeah, I, we we have these elements of history that you're taught in school with this sort of remix twist that sort of you know Britain you know because they always told a part about you know Britain uh, stopped slavery at a certain stage or and they even argue that Britain are sort of uh, the uh, gatekeepers to stop in slavery like as if to say like they just stepped in and was like hey guys this is bad it's like the more you even look into it they didn't even stop it when they said they stopped it and they literally burnt all the fire anyways let's not even get into that yeah but um... <laughs> yeah i mean you're, you're right about perception because i feel i do feel sorry for brits in some regard because it was easy for britain to ignore um, and, and nominal Brits who lived in the UK to ignore what was happening because slavery here happened on the islands. They they Britain went away, whereas America it was right in the middle in in the White House itself. You had slaves building that place, whereas here you had you had different territories where where the dirty work would happen. And then in the UK, you know what you had was you know folks in Windrush come in to help bring bring build up the motherland. That's the kind of that, that's the kind yeah. of that's the propaganda that was put out. Now now what someone someone listened to me. I go oh hold on Mike. You know these these child traffickers that Nigo was speaking about. You know it's it's you know they, they have a marred history. It's it's complicated. You know someone wasn't no one's wholly good and no one's wholly bad. And I agree with that. I agree with that. I mean, we, we were talking about Christianity. Now, Martin Luther, who we all quote, Calvin, who some people literally have tattooed on their chest. Um, the, the, these are people who you, you, I couldn't for the life of me say they were wholly good. Of course they weren't. They were depraved men that did all sorts of craziness and, and, and folks who, who kept slaves, but somehow campaigned to end slavery. And, and that's the kind of, that's the kind of complexity, if you like, uh, uh, of people. Now, with everything you've said, though, I don't want to do this anymore because I'm tired of giving this thing airtime. But I think it would be interesting to get your perspective. So, when you when you saw the race report, Wait, can I quickly disagree? Oh, yeah. oh, good. Yes, yes. Let's go back. Tell me why I'm wrong. Um, no, I just don't think they're comparable figures. I definitely think I definitely think oh, well, Calvin and uh... 
Oh no, no, I thought you said Martin Luther. Oh no, 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 no. I'm I'm not Martin Luther King. Oh, Martin. oh. Martin oh. Luther, the, the reformer, the Christian. Oh, okay, 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 okay. My apologies, my apologies. Sorry, yeah, I should be, yeah, I mean, we're talking about black stuff. I should definitely <laughs> clarify. Okay. I mean, Martin Luther, the, the reformer. Oh, yeah, no, no, like, if if we, um, even if we do look at these figures, like, like, if someone was like, oh, they're not perfect, it's like, yeah, I, I think there's a, I, I can agree that someone's not perfect, and then I can also think that someone's a, like a slave trader. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's like, whoa there. So, um, <laughs> I get why people would say that, you know, people are very protective of these figures, and there's always this reasoning given that, you know, it was a different time back then, etc. Um, and it was a different time back then, but I think if you accept it's a different time back then, well, not you, this isn't a disagreement to use to the hypothetical figure. If they accept there's a different it's a different time then they have to accept that mm. that time was made um okay by britain being racist at the time um are so, they racist now do you, have, do you ever do you ever think right before you get into the race report do you ever think looking back sorry looking forward what what do you think the future generation will look back at us over and go it was a different time it was a different time back then <laughs> i think there's a lot of things like your future offspring, what do you think he'll look back and go? No, 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 no. It was a different time back then. No, it's not sound weird. I think there's a lot of things that people see as positive right now. That in the future they'll look back at. <laughs> it's very ominous. <laughs> I, I do, I do. I, yeah. I'm, look, I'm I'm looking forward to to that because. Obviously, one of the biggest criticisms of our generation, too, is this notion that we think we've smashed it. I say this every week. It's like we think we are we've arrived and 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 we we're the most enlightened of all time and and things you know we're the most um so one of the things I've worked in in my in my life is safeguarding, right? And I'm I find that so important, right? And I think the interesting thing about social media is it restarts life. So by that, what I mean is th there's this there's now law and order regulations don't exist right so in everyone's mind whatever you just sort of handle things how they think is best and everything's based on emotion on social media so essentially it's it feels good to do this so this is how we're going to do it for instance uh if you have a uh um, a moment from 10 years ago or 20 years ago we're going to get you out of the out of the woodwork oh someone i like has a moment from 10 years ago well we have to then take into consideration the nuances. Um, it's because people are figuring things out. And that's that's okay. People figure things out. But yeah. people's livelihoods are going while people are figuring things out. So, <laughs> for instance, a, a basic thing in safeguarding, right? So as I work, uh, like, again, I work safeguarding. When I see certain things within cancel culture, this whole notion of, you know, put everyone's name out and da-da-da-da-da, some of the reasons you don't do that in safeguarding is to protect the victim. That's just that's how things work. Now I fully understand in certain cases and certain notions, people feel like it's impossible to not address these things publicly. And that's you know, that's that's more than fair. But I do think there's a lot of things that people are doing, not just safeguarding wires, um, just instructionally that are just based on emotions and based off the concept that. Um, so even if we take it away from sort of the council culture and we just talk about other things, people are just basing it on, yeah, but you're happy and it's legal. And it's like, okay, that's not how life works. Of course not. 
like p- things still have an impact even if it makes you happy and i do think it's actually making people less considerate yeah um, <laughs> big big time Char- charity and grace don't don't work don't hit don't slap <laughs> as well as they should <laughs> online they just don't yes I'm, I'm sorry i saw yesterday yeah well actually i don't know when this is going out so I'll, I'll say i saw one time um this young this girl she was uh and that's another thing social media removes ages so you, people are going to war with 16 year olds not knowing 25 year olds 42 year olds yeah people, yeah people that may have learning difficulties etc these things aren't factored in you're so, so right it happened on clubhouse bro when when it was with a, it was actually with a friend of mine, we were on Clubhouse debating something like I don't know socialism or the world should be socialist or whatever it is or communist. And at the end of it, one of the person you were speaking was like, "How old are you guys?" And the guy said, 18. Now this is a this is a this is a 29, 30 year old person who probably would be the head of year or, yeah. or like whatever. And he was like, "Are you guys? He was, why, am, why am I here? Like what, this is not to say that they're idiots or anything, but it's like." That's just an it's that conversation should be happening. Yeah, yeah. In no, the real no. world, if an 18-year-old came to me and said that, you know, can't we all should be coming? So I'd go, All right, you know, good. I wouldn't go, no, 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 you listen to like the wild I be learning. The the nuances of that person would, would instruct how you talk to them. So whether that be you ignore them or you're like, okay, I understand why you're there because I was there, etc. But like when uh, Prince Philip died, an 18-year-old girl tweeted something along the lines of, you know like guys be nice sort of thing i can't remember the exact words but everyone flung her like they were onto her that they were on her throat and it was in her bio her age and my thing was like okay i'm not saying um sorry she didn't even say give grace i think she compared it to the death of someone else as well and she she's wrong she's wrong fair see what i'm saying but the smoke season i saw i was like yo these aren't this doesn't happen in real life. Like, if I say this in a conversation, I'm not going to get 30 people jump on me. And I guess that's partly why I also say to people, you need to have friends and group chats. But also, <laughs> you're not, you're, you're, everyone's judging everyone on social media as if to say they're at their level. They're, like, I always see the, the the notion that, hey, oh, at that age, I was already da-da-da. It's like, okay, fair, that's you. Do you know what I'm saying? But that's not how grace works. Like, I'm aware there's certain, there's certain mistakes I've never made. Never. I see certain people get cancelled things on social media. I've never made those mistakes. But they have. Do you know what I'm saying? And there's a level of grace I have to give. And of course, I'm I'm not against people getting smoked. I'm not against it at all. Do you know what I'm saying? It's it's a free world. I just think people need to be more just yeah, just more aware of what they're doing. It's just weird. I think I think that's that's a great note to go out on, man, because we definitely need more of it. You know, to to that my 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 pastor would say. We are human beings, right? We're, yeah. we're still being transformed. We're still becoming. We're still, it's a modal thing. So to judge people and be so definitive about people's, you know, learning is a problem. And, and I guess it goes two ways as well, doesn't it? Because you get people who are so obnoxious online. You kind of, you want them to go through a kind of, you know, <laughs> you, want someone to, you, you want someone to kind of get them. Yo. I saw someone um, DM me trying to get me cancelled by accident. Yeah, that's the, yeah. As in they, they they did they accidentally sent me what they wanted me to go for. No way. It's still my life. And I've been oh, oh, 
probably don't. don't no, it wasn't a big deal. Like, I don't have anything cancelable. I retweeted it back on the timeline. No one said anything. <laughs> it's like, and on, this, is, this is the thing as well. Like, if you, it, when I look at people like Ricky Gervais or I look at people like um, Bill Burr, comedians yeah. typically, these people, you can't cancel them because they own it. Yeah, they, own, they own everything they've done. They're like, yep. Yeah. And, then, and then they've got a, a, a fan base, quite frankly, of people who are just kind of like not doing it. I mean, recently, and I'm, and I'm aware this is one of the longest podcasts we've done. It's literally been to about 35. Oh, sorry, sorry, no, it's sorry. good. It's good. It's good. I, I'm trying to make sure, you know, it's good. And I think Fox might enjoy it because, you know, recently, this might be a sensitive topic, but I'm, you know, what the heck? I'm, I'm going to talk about it. Um, we, you had, uh, uh, what's, his, <laughs> what's his name? What's his name now? Um, leader of the opposition, Sergio Starmer. See how easily I forget his name. Oh, sick! The conservative guy that on Labour. Yeah, six, six, six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But see how easily I forget his name. This is the leader of the opposition. He's just, a bum, man. Well, <laughs> let's not He's get into that. So, so, and you might not even like him further after this story because he he goes to Jesus House, which is a church in oh. in in London, in central London, um, North London rather. Um, and he 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 goes there because they, they they become a vaccine center. It's a black majority church. It's a Pentecostal church, one of the kind of biggest ones, you know, most prominent ones I would say uh, in the UK. And you know, ex visitors are you know Theresa May, the ex prime minister when she was prime minister. Vi all sorts of politicians have been there. Even the uh, Prince uh, Charles has been there. Uh, they they got him to go after a day after the Harry and Meghan interview. But there's no coincidence there. Anyways, so 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 he so 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 Sakir Starmer goes to visit, puts a video on his Twitter saying. Love Jesus House and the work they're doing, helping you know reduce COVID uh, vaccine he uh, hesitancy in the black community. Tick, and then some left-wing activists, um, for the most part, start quote tweeting the tweet to say that this church is anti-LGBTQ, this church supports conversion therapy, this church, and then they all just start laboring it on, laboring on thousands of people, literally just, yeah, how dare you? Do you hate the LGBTQ community? What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? Um, Sakia Starmer then took three days, which someone helpfully pointed out. It was longer than it took Jesus to rise from the dead. He took, he, he, then, he then took that time. Took, he came back and then he said, I'm so sorry for any offense I've caused. I didn't know that Jesus House is anti-LGBTQ and whatever. I disagree with their stance. And then he deletes his tweet. So obviously, Jesus House then comes back and goes, oh no, we're not, we're not anti-LGBTQ. Like, what? what? Kind of thing. You know, and, 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 and they then, you know, they, they, they push back that, you know, as Christians, we're not anti-anybody. Like, you know, we've got a number of those folks in our church uh, and, and we're not for conversion therapy. You know, where, where does this come from, right? Yeah. Now, now the issue is because he, uh, Pastor uh, Agu, who's the person who leads the church, and the church for the most part maintain the kind of tradi uh, traditional or orthodox, whatever you want to call it, view of marriage between man, man and woman. I think that was the kind of thing that made people go, ah, this is not a thing. So, literally, because he was about to be cancelled, quote unquote, yeah. he deletes his tweet, capitulates, and apologizes. But then whilst doing that, he leaves out this massive group who go, but like we didn't do anything. Yeah, we, yeah. We're, like, it, that's it. What you're saying essentially is going back to the, the thing I said that I think in the future there's certain things that people think are positive that are gonna rip them in the future. And by that, like, there's even certain 
yeah there's even certain things that i'm yeah but um with regards to that like i, I don't know i've never been to jesus house i've never i've different ones i've never heard about it um I, I don't know what their stance is on lgbtqia um plus community uh but what i do know is so let's say they like again i don't want to speak on something i don't know the truth about but let's say hypothetically they don't support conversion therapy um all it takes is the loudest of the majority to say they do that's how social media works and, and that's Keir, Keir Starmer more than anyone understands that because he plays a majority game even though he he loses all the time um but he plays that he plays that game and I think politicians do in general I've, I have a poem where I say um um if you want to know what a, a politician thinks um if you want to know what two politicians think about each other and put them against each other that's that's all you have to do. You saw it with uh, I think it was Boris and I can't remember the, the guy that's uh, now under him. What? No, no. Oh, no, you no. mean oh, you mean in the same party? Yeah, yeah. I can't remember um, who he went up against. I think it was. Uh... Oh, you mean well at the time it was it was Jeremy Hunt and then you had um, you mean for the for the leadership? Yeah, it was. I mean Boris won. He was always going to win. Like there was. Yeah, but more importantly let's just base it on okay let's say that they don't support conversion therapy again i don't know if they do but um if that's the case then it, regardless of the fact that he could have done his research you have access to them you have three days to literally ask them google it whatever i don't know how you'd find it out you could have combated it by saying hey i don't agree with this part of their stance but this part that you're saying exists doesn't exist and i'm against that myself but because people pressured him it's no. it, it's such a shame though because if at the highest kind of echelons of political power you can't even kind of take a nuanced stance on social media for me it's it's a wrap because if he can't do that because as you said like he was at a mosque a few a few weeks earlier yeah yeah you know he he's been to Sikh temples you know, like it, it, it's 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 well known, and and he was visiting this place because it was a vaccine center. He wasn't yeah. going there to sit down, and he's not running for pope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, he's going. So for me, it's like social media is such a terrible place to to conduct those conversations, especially when they're nuanced. That for me, I just I just think all I can say is we all just need to give a lot more grace. I've been guilty of jumping to conclusions. You know, typing out a tweet before I kind of go. I do that all the time. One of my most frequent actions is type, and I go, oh, I'll delete it, because I'm like, I don't, I don't need to put this out there, because because we just have to be more gracious. But uh, uh, I'm sorry, to, I'm sorry to cut you, because I know you're saying we're, we're taking too long. Oh, you're good, you're good. Um, but I think what also people have to remember is that the social media is a game of averages, um, and then people get caught on it becomes infectious. And by that, what I mean is I, something I had to question myself about recently is like if I do put my viewpoints out. Of course, they're going to be people that people that disagree with me, especially depending on the realm you're in. You you brought up perfect examples in Bill Burr and uh, uh, Ricky Gervais. Um, when you're that consistent in your viewpoints, eventually you'll find your hive. So, for instance, I have friends who are famous, celeb, sort of clear, but they will never get cancelled for the things you may get cancelled for or the things I may get cancelled for. The reason being is the brand that they've built has meant that they're now surrounded by majority people that agree with them so for instance i might have a friend who's like um 
who doesn't agree with uh I'm not saying I do, but let's say I for argument's sake, I have a friend that doesn't agree with BLM, yeah, as a as a as a um organization, yeah. So actually I I'll even throw myself. I'm not I'm not a big I'm not excited over BLM the organization. I understand the premise of the concept, but as an organization, it doesn't intrigue me. And the, the difference, I guess, back in the days in the sixties uh, and etc., was you could choose which organization that you felt represented you to yeah. push forward. You had, you know, you, your Martin, your Malcolm. If he was against Martin, it didn't mean he was anti-black. If he was against Malcolm, it didn't mean he was anti-black. It's just a different school of thought. Yeah. Um, but let's say, for instance, you have BLM, and let's say there's another organization called BLLM, whatever. Yeah. If you if the majority of your tweets are consistently about BLLM, your eventually your followers are going to look like that because yeah. that, those are the people that are going to find you. Um, but what tends to happen is we're playing a game of averages. People are humans are sheep. I'm a sheep to some degree. I don't know in what, but there's more more than likely something I'm a sheep in. Yeah. When people start seeing the narrative that is being perpetuated as just right. No reasoning behind it. Um, I always say to my friends that social media has become sort of the highlights of certain specialist topics, psychology, um, economics, um, politics. Like these are topics individually people spend their entire life studying. And social media sort of become like, hey, let me have this one aspect. Let's talk about just gaslighting when it impacts me. Um, rather than getting in, d delving into the entirety of manipulation and how you also contribute to it, hey, let's let's get into um, politics and how the right wing are are racist, and let's just ignore like how sort of uh, left wing um, leaders in history sort of had stances against black people. But remember that one time in the eighties where they sort of offered our parents hope, um, and and people are sort of just like attaching themselves onto the things that they sort of are just seeing as quote unquote good. So then once you you come with your viewpoint. Um, that ma that majority you're sort of onto you. Um, so I think yeah, to people be consistent with your views. Um, have friends like me. Yay, friends! <laughs> I make I make a group chat. I think the group chat idea is, is brilliant. I don't have one. Um, oh, I, I have multiple group chats, but I don't have one where I used to kind of test out tweets. But but then again, I think I'm I'm quite vanilla. Unfortunately, I think I I I probably need to become a bit more. You know. No, you know, no, I do. No, once you get a group chat, listen, listen. But but you know, it's also about it's also about your history because I've spent so much so 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 long in church and and just kind of like in, in these positions that you know. And when I say positions, I mean like representative positions where I'm representing a group of folks, and so you kind of just learn how to be very careful. And, okay. and to kind of re to advocate, I'm I'm, I'm uh, to, to advocate. I'm very I'm very cool with advocacy and representing views and going. Here's what the majority of folks believe. Here's what the, what they believe. And but but you don't have to kind of come and go. This is what I think because that's what that's what that's what you might get in trouble with because problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, uh, Nigo, it's it's been great, man. I mean, clearly, clearly, we don't have enough time because there's so much more. I want to so many more tabs. I want to open. I went to I went to speak about, for instance. The future of the royal family, especially now that Prince Philip is dead, the bridge is down is the code name for his death. Yeah, you know, Meghan and Harry, not about them per se, but about you know what does a modern monarchy look like and how should we interact? I've been seeing a lot of conversations. This may be my next. This may be the next episode about you know 
uh, black people shouldn't take BME, uh, uh, um, uh, kind of uh, honors from the queen, you know, and 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 how we need to structurally uh, pull away and and the whole the whole the whole that whole structure. I, I'm going to get someone really interesting on for that. I might get one of the, a lord on for that and 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 and, 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 have, and have conversations about it. But but this has been so pleasant, man. This has been so good, and I think there's 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 uber value in this, lots of value, and I hope I hope folks listening will go on. What is it now? I don't have the note. LTCS podcast. That's the one. Twitter. You didn't, you didn't remember the name of your podcast. <laughs> this. <laughs> I, do, I, do, I do remember the name, but it's the it's the socials. It's the socials. So I say it's LTCS podcast. I do now. Um, on, <laughs> on online. <laughs> um, because we've got lots of cool episodes coming up. Uh, yeah, last week's was great with Femi. Um, who will be back soon, no, no doubt. And Nigo, I, th- I think you're going to be back soon as well, man. Yeah, um, I hope this was enjoyable somewhat for you. No, it was very much so. Superb. Well, thank you. Well, before we go, actually, where can uh, we have to do this? Where can people find? I feel like everyone, when people say that, I'm like, when you're in the digital age, just type the name online. Yeah, people that's like, it, oh, man. No, Nigo, everywhere. Just <laughs> YouTube, Spotify, the albums coming, all of that. You know, you know the vibes. You know the vibes. I, I, I saw someone, someone was like, it's, uh, M underscore air on Instagram and on oh. Facebook. It's, I was like, bro, 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 we'll find you. Nah, yeah, we'll yeah, find you. The algorithm's with me. Nego True everywhere. That's you it. Probably even phone that number. Do you know what I'm saying? It's Nego True. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs>